Hey everybody, this is Blake Schreckheis with the Summit Realty Group Podcast, of course joined by... Nick Williams. And we are joined by Katie and Elena, who is the Deputy General Manager. The, right. the awkward pause was intentional. We're facing a very eminent promotion. Congratulations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, with IGU, Interior Gas Utility. That's yes, right. Sir. Dang, I'm good. Yeah, so, <laughs> we wanted to have you on. Obviously, natural gas is a big subject with real estate, but just in general, people's livings, how they heat their home is a huge, huge deal in the Fairbanks borough. Blake um, would prefer if it was just wood. I'm a he big would. wood. I'm a wood guy. All right, so let's talk about that. That's it. We hey. found the topic let's, of conversation. <laughs> Don't get me started. We have uh, multiple podcasts about wood. Actually, we have one entire episode dedicated to Blake's love for wood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We need to listen like to that. We're like just like that. talking about how yeah. to prep your fireplace for winter. And yeah, it's not near as sexual as it sounds. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> our lumber sexual episode. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. what it was. So let's start with people getting on. So. How would you swap over to gas? Um, and I have a little bit of an experience with this because I was in the throes of doing it and then ended up not. I just ran out of time basically this season. Well, but we'll look at it from my point of view. I'm waiting for these pipelines to get to my house so yeah. I can hook up because the idiot, I'm thanks, your Chad, who built my house, <laughs> put it on a propane tank. And I'm oh, tired no. of paying propane. Yeah. So uh, let's start with this. So if somebody like me in West Fairbanks where you know some houses already have natural gas but others don't, What's the process for starting to talk to you guys, fill out the application, understand when expansions are happening, and I'll turn it over to you. That's right. Katie, do you want to take that? Oh, I would love to this take that. Right this is Katie's one of my alley. favorite topics. <laughs> Educated. So, so many people exactly are like, I'm in the hills or I'm in the area where the infrastructure does not exist mm-hmm. yet. You guys aren't coming to me for 10 years. I'm just not even worried I'm about, worried it. about it. I'm going to sign up. We want you to be worried about it. If you go to our website, which is interiorgas.com, you go to our customer our new customer tab mm-hmm. and just application process. This is the first one in the dropdown. And step one is completely non-committal. There is no fee, but it is a gas service request. And when you fill that out, we see it come in. We check if you have gas service available or not, and we're going to give you a phone call. If you do not have gas service available, what we're going to do is we're going to take your interest and put a little red dot on a map. Mm. And then that is what drives our business decisions moving forward if when we're expanding our infrastructure. people here and 200 Ex- here, yeah, I'm assuming... Right. We're going to go towards those thousand people first. Yes. Nick's right. just going to go down exactly. every address with a different accent. <laughs> 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 uh, my, name, my neighbor told me to call you. So we, we put those little red dots on a map. We see clusters, and that's how we start making those decisions about where we're going to invest our mainline. I wanted to make a, a quick note. I, so I, I started this. The customer service overall at IGU. Awful, much. right? Just awful. Top notch. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that. Like, I wouldn't bring it up otherwise, but really top notch. So I put in a request. Well, first you have a map that shows, like, you can't always trust the map, I, I guess. I mean, it's probably pretty accurate, you but just can in case. trust our map. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I didn't want to say it like that, but I mean, like, also a request. Mm-hmm. But um, even speaking of that, Beth, who works with us, lives in my same area. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I've always wanted natural gas. And I was like, I bet you can get it. And we look, and yeah, she's like 10 yeah, feet away. Yeah, Taco Bell on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zinger. <laughs> so, um, so, but anyways, the customer service was great. I put in my uh, request 
And I think it was like 10 minutes later, I get a call. And I was like, always in business mode, like, hey, this is Blake with Summit. And they're like, this, I was so shocked. I was like, oh, yeah, I literally just clicked send on this. <laughs> so it was, anyways, it was quick. Um, the whole process was great. But continue on. So from there, what would happen oh. if they if you do have gas? No, I got my story now. It's my turn. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> I recently was helping uh, a gentleman, a uh, utility worker in the middle of the road, uh, who was trying to find something. I don't remember what it was, okay? Mm-hmm. Literally talked to him, and he was talking that he works for you guys, or he's one of the guys who's looking at where the pipelines need to go and surveying houses and stuff like that. And literally, I told him, oh, that's really cool. I own some apartments right around the corner. I really wish we could have natural gas. Literally an hour later in my email, I, one of y'all reached out to me. <laughs> hey, we got one of our service providers that asked us to send you some information. Here's yeah. the packet. Here's the map. Here's, here's where we're at. Here's what, and I'm like, I was just talking to some blue-collar <laughs> dude on the street and it made it all the way back up through the corporate pipeline. We shouldn't be so happy because this is how it should work, but I think utilities in general, we as realtors, um, and I don't want to like point fingers at anybody, but it can be a pretty huge Water headache. companies. Yeah, well, there's a variety. Uh, I think internet service providers yeah, a lot of times get a bad rap. I don't believe internet's a utility. Yeah. Yeah. It is by definition, but it's like you being mad at AT&T. Like, that's a, it's a corporate. Anyways, you guys do it right. So, well, yeah. the, let me tell you the, the core difference between most utilities and interior gas utility. We are owned by the public. We are a subsidiary of the borough. Okay. And so we were um, built and we exist for the sole purpose of serving the entire community. To include people like you, Blake, who have a gas line right in front of their property mm-hmm. and need to get it together so you can so you can get natural <laughs> listen, gas. Listen, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and like you, Nick, who do not yet have a natural gas um, line available, but you are paying. Um, I cannot even imagine your bills being on propane. Um, For everybody complaining about your oil bill, <laughs> shove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Try to switch over to natural gas. <laughs> all right, no, sorry, propane. That's right. Propane. Um, and so we are there to serve the entire community. Um, if we, when we set rates, it's not to make an owner happy and their pockets bigger. It is to literally just pay for what we need and any dollar that we uh, get in addition to the rate rates we are investing back into the utility either by extending main lines to UNIC or by expanding the storage capacity or liquefaction capacity everything that that needs to exist in order for us that's right yeah so it's almost like recycling your money so what I mean by that is you're paying for what you use Mm-hmm. But some of it is profit, but that profit is reinvested back into the system to allow more people access to the system That's right. to continue to grow the capacity, the service area, uh, storage capacity, manufacturing. And, and, and I want to lead into this because we kind of talked about it off screen screen we're on, we're on movies now <laughs> yeah. um but you know there's always rumors that we're going to run out of natural gas that's right what's up with that well the rumors are true but not for fairbanks <laughs> so, so who's screwed <laughs> <laughs> so well hopefully nobody's screwed because there's a lot of uh, very intelligent smart people working on solutions but about in april of last year Hillcorp, which is the entity that provides about 80 to 90 percent of natural gas that is being used in alaska Mm-hmm. Um, out of Cook Inlet, mm-hmm. uh, gathered all of us who are customers to include interior gas utility and told us that we should not rely on contractual renewals. Now, we have a contract that could satisfy our utilities' needs until 2032, so pretty long contract. Right. 
but um, I, there are others who that are in the South Central area whose contracts are expiring in 2024. And so there are um, different levels of scrambling that, are, that is happening. Interior gas utility, because we are already transporting this gas from elsewhere, we're already liquefying it, putting it on the road, storing it in, a, in these high-tech storage and vaporization facilities that keep it at uh, negative 260 degrees wow. um, until we regasify it and put it into the distribution system. For those of you who are in Alaska, in the winter, they just put it outside. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just leave it in the backyard. Yeah, in a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> How cold's absolute zero? What's that? Uh, absolute zero is... Is, uh, 273 or something like that. Is, are we at absolute zero? Anyway, it doesn't matter. I <laughs> actually, That's no, really no, freaking no, cold. No, no, yeah, I'm yes, shocked. Yes, it is really freaking cold. <laughs> yeah. And so even when we transport it, we put it in, into these tra- trailers, and they are cryogenic trailers, and um, they they're just keep they're just maintaining that temperature because um, if if it uh, warms up, it expands in volume, and so right. we need to liquefy it. Keep so, it cold so to keep it that's right. horrible. Mm. But anyway, yeah, the, um, I can, <laughs> as you can tell, I can go on however many tangents uh, no, you no, want to good. take me on. But We're at nine minutes, and so we got an hour <laughs> set aside, so get those tangents ready. <laughs> um, what I, where I was going with that is because we are already set up to transport natural gas from elsewhere, mm-hmm. we, we Interior Gas Utility is the first utility that sources natural gas from the Cook Inlet to have found a long-term, reliable, sustainable solution, and that is the North Slope. Okay. The wonderful North Slope. The, the Brooks w- Range and everything north of that. That's <laughs> right. So um, let, me, let me throw some numbers at you, and okay. I, it's not going to be that many. Every year, interior, well, this year, this year, Interior Gas Utility will use 1.3 billion cubic feet of natural gas. So that's all of our current customers. It's about One my net worth. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Cubic feet. Cubic feet is how I can measure it. If you can see the size of my podcast studio right now, you know that was a joke. <laughs> all right. So 1.3 per year. On the North Slope, every single day during the production of oil, natural gas is recycled and re-injected at a volume of 8.9 billion cubic feet per day. Wow. Per day. Per day. Wow. Okay. So what we use in a year is like, uh, my math ain't great here, but like 85% of what's pumped back into the ground on a daily basis. That's right. So we have a lot. There is a ton of natural gas, and that's only the natural gas that's being handled because they're producing oil. They're not looking for natural gas when they're handling all of that natural gas. So are you currently getting it from that source now, or that's in the works? That's in the works. We're currently getting it from the Cook Inlet in the the Wasilla area. Until 32. We could get it until 32. Okay. Now, because of this announcement that Hillcorp made, we were about to invest about $60 million in increased liquefaction capacity in the cook and lid mm-hmm. because we need more because we're adding more customers and we're growing as a utility right. and so when they told us that we decided not to do that anymore because it was no longer prudent to invest that much money yeah and instead we sought contracts on the north slope so starting in 2024 in october so about a year from now we will be getting um our liquefied natural gas from the north slope Mm-hmm. We have two contracts there, one's with Hellcorp, one's with Harvest. Harvest is a 
is not a household name in the way Telcorp is, but it's, it's not Exxon Mobil or you know Texaco, right. one of those names that you hear a lot. But I've heard it before. Like, yeah. well, what do they what do they specifically do? Um, they are a midstream company, and so uh, everything that happens from the oil fields to the to the consumer that's that's kind of their area of expertise. So they're not pulling it out. And they're not putting it in the houses, but right. they're everything in between. That's right. Okay. And so they have significant assets elsewhere. They have liquefaction uh, plants elsewhere. But I'll just talk about Alaska mm -hmm. for now. They are 50, 49% owners of TAPS, of Alaska Pipeline. Mm -hmm. And they did that by when BP sold their assets in Alaska. Mm -hmm. um, they harvest around that around time. Um, harvest bought them. And so they are a significant company with significant assets that are, that are going to build a liquefaction plant for, for us, for IGU. Mm -hmm. IGU is going to be the primary customer up there. And the initial plant alone is going to be three times as big as our current one in, in Cook Inlet. I love that. I, I nerd out over this stuff because, <laughs> like, I can't believe, and this is going to change topics just a little mm -hmm. bit because it's not gas, but, like, with the, with the petrol products that we have, and, and gas is a byproduct, right, um, I am just amazed that we don't have this infrastructure. We don't have a Isn't single refinery in Alaska that can refine crude oil in the usable diesel and, and, and gasoline. I mean, we ship everything to the lower 48 and it comes right back to us. And these are billion dollar investments, so I totally understand why. But hearing that, you know, okay, we don't have this on the gasoline side, but we're, we're developing these capacities on the gas side, that, that's exciting. That's exciting news for Alaska and the development that we're actually putting into our own state. So Do you cool. imagine this would take costs down or would it be a very similar cost? It would be very similar cost for two reasons. So the cost of gas itself is a lot uh, lower on the North Slope, mm -hmm. but um, we have been liquefying it ourselves uh, in what in the Wasilla area. And that just means compressing it. Is that what you mean when you yeah. say liquefy? Okay. Uh, freezing it to death. Right. Yeah, okay. and it, then it does get compressed. Oh, uh, yeah. I got to teach Blake chemistry now. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> when you have a gas and you cool it down, it turns to a liquid, <laughs> and that's at absolute zero with natural gas. If you continue to cool it, if you could get colder than as cold as we can get, you could actually turn it into a solid because matter is transformative. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Don't most things get cooled down through compression, or is it being compressed because it's how you, how's it getting cooled down? It's going through heat exchangers. Yeah. And yes, they do They do cool down through compression, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Where they, they compress through the cooling down. Yeah, anyways, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk with Nick later. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, we're talking about we're talking about price, right? So yes. the price of gas itself is going to be uh, cheaper on the North Slope because we are now outsourcing the liquefaction. Um, that is going to be more expensive than what we currently pay, and then the transportation of it um, it's 500 miles versus 300 miles. So mm. taking it from parks, putting it onto Dal Dalton Highway, which is um, a harder road. Probably it, it's yeah. a harder road, and it's more <coughs> um, it's more miles. Yeah. Tune in next season to. IGU's episodes of Ice Rolling <laughs> <and laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not going to be. Sponsored by Taco Bell. It's going to be a repetitive joke today. <laughs> um, so I got two questions that, that, that I don't have to answer now, but I want to get back to because I don't want to forget. But mm -hmm. price stabilization. Yep. So, you know, we talked about, you know, these new investments. We talked about earlier that some of the profit is reinvested back in. So compared to oil, which, you know, one angry guy in the Middle East can say something on Twitter and my mm -hmm. gas prices go up 30 cents. Mm -hmm. um, how stable are the prices with natural gas? So currently, historically, looking into the future, 
uh, is it matching inflation? Is it beating inflation? Is it something where today my bill is going to be three hundred dollars and next month it's going to be six hundred bucks? Like, mm -hmm. what's what's the pricing on gas? And obviously, we don't have the actual computers in front of us right now, so this is averages based over time. This Can you describe what you see with Katie over here? I wanted to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's some giddiness. smiling. And I, would just, I, yeah. I would describe it as giddiness. So either it's a Trump card we're about to pull out <laughs> or a Joker card, but this game of poker has me nervous right now. And that's hilarious. And that's where I really wish this was. Um, I had a camera because right. Katie just made this beautiful <laughs> graph. For yes, I was like, I should have brought my graph. Yeah. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> um, talking about stability. So in the last six years, Interior Gas Utility has raised prices by 5% or less two times. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I, you know, the just like you said, price of oil goes up and down. But here is a really good um, um, rule of thumb. Anytime anybody pays $3.09 or more per gallon of oil, natural gas is cheaper. That break-even point is 309. Oh, this is my next that's, question. Is going to be that's okay. right now. That's right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit more than three hundred nine. Well, you got to buy in bulk and self haul in order to get anywhere close to that number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't. Yeah, you're not getting down there. Yeah. And so, um, over the years, as you look, here's another number. And I told you I wasn't going to throw a lot of numbers. <laughs> no, 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 this is If all of IGU's customers. For fisc for our fiscal year twenty four, which runs whatever October, it doesn't matter. October. So so it's a year. It's June to. Oh, was it June for you? June, yeah, okay. June thirtieth, July first to June thirtieth. For tw fiscal year twenty four, if all of our IGU customers would have used oil instead of natural gas, they would have spent collectively fourteen million dollars more. More. And so all of this is money that gets reinvested in our community otherwise because people can go out to restaurants and shop local and and even go to vacations or whatever it is that mm -hmm. that increases disposable income yes. and not by, and by a considerable amount and i love that you know there's a war on corporate america right now which you all gotta remember corporate america is made up of normal people like us mm -hmm. that just have jobs right just but jobs. i just love <laughs> like us <laughs> not like us like okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just play but what i love about this is you you you're representing a, a larger entity that works for a government organization and you just express concern about the everyday person. And that's what I, I do love about your company. It's customer service. It's the aspect that you are looking out for us little guys who are, I mean, Alaska is expensive. And, yeah. and living here and, and heating your home at negative 40 outside when you have a nine, two by four house that was built in 1976, <laughs> like it, it's expensive. So yeah. I am glad to see that one, you guys, but also the government that is part of, you know, you all mm -hmm. is, is looking out for us. And it's not just about increasing profit, increasing taxation, increasing revenue. So when you're basing that number where you said 309, that tipping point, a gallon of oil is uh, a gallon of, like, how do you, how do you measure natural B gas? B CCF, okay. uh, 100 cubic feet. Oh, okay. And so in order, because a gallon of oil, one gallon of oil has more BTUs than uh, one CCF of natural gas. Oh. And so we calculate it best based on BTUs. That, you. Uh, that, that was my question. So for BTU-wise, 309 mm -hmm. and, and more for fuel, you're getting more expensive per BTU, not necessarily per uh, volume. Is well, that let, right? let, let me break this down. Uh -huh. One BTU, one gallon of 
heating fuel and we're calculate we're still calculating that um, on the benefit of the heating fuel because we're calculating it as a number one and number two mix which uh, depending on what the EPA wants to do which is another topic we should talk about um, <laughs> we might have to go to ultra low sulfur diesel which mm -hmm. is more expensive and has a less heating value but mm -hmm. for uh, this 309 that I'm talking about has been calculated based on a, a blend of number one and number two at 135,000 BTUs. Mm. So $3.09 is how much it cost in natural gas for 135,000 BTUs. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that was my question. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Yeah, perfect. So the other, well, can we back up? I always say this. Yeah, let's back up. Well, let's back up to how people could get natural gas because so, there's people out there who are, who are wanting it. And I know we started mm -hmm. with like requesting service. Let's say like myself, We've, you've got a gas line close enough that you can hook onto. So what, what's that next step? So the next step at this point in time mm. is fill out the gas service request, or you can call and just confirm with us that you do actually have it. Because sometimes when you look on the map, your neighbor might have it, but we might not be close to you. So mm -hmm. sometimes it can be, I won't say misleading, but we, we have to interpret it and confirm that you have it. Mm -hmm. Second step is you fill out uh, your service agreement. And that has um, a fee associated with it, which is highly subsidized. So you fill out your service agreement, you give us all your information, and you pay $350 if you are residential, $500 if you're commercial. And that gets you on the list for 2024 installation. So we are now accepting applications for 2024 construction season. How many do you do a season? 600. Mm -hmm. So you said residential versus commercial. Yes. How does, for some of our landlord listeners, that apply to like a fourplex? Yeah. Versus a fiveplex? Because you got bank commercial and you got real life. Like like an apartment building is not really a commercial building, but for banking reasons it is. Mm -hmm. I feel like I we're getting congratulated by Katie every question we ask. <laughs> She's like, mm, yes, That's good question. Good question. <laughs> <laughs> Gold star. My chest is full of water. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to let you take it. All right. Yeah. It depends on how many meters you have. So mm -hmm. if it's five, it's, let's pretend it's a fiveplex. If each of those units have their own meter, there are each a residential um, a residential unit. Okay. If it is all served by one meter, then the assumption is there's the landlord that pays for the <coughs> heat, in which case it is a commercial property. So, so it's honestly more expensive to hook up the individual units but because there's more fees, there's mm. more because per meter, right? Yeah. Correct. Well, let's talk so about So it's more expensive, fees. but it's also cheaper now for the landlord in the long run because I paid the extra $200 per, per mm -hmm. meter, mm -hmm. but I don't have to pay for the heat anymore. Yeah. No, That's it right. seems worth it. Well, well are the, the subsidies, you said it was heavily subsidized. Is it more subsidized on the residential or commercial or is it pretty equal? Well, let me tell you the subsidy and you, I love that you, are you, Nick, were talking earlier about how we're looking out for a little guy because we are. 200, oh, I'm sorry, $350 for a residential customer buys you 100 feet of uh, service line. Mm -hmm. It buys you your, uh, your, your meter, meter, your, your installation, all of your, your turn on, everything that we do is $350. Now, I don't know how. Crazy. So, so put this in, in English. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you hook up the city water, uh -huh. uh, city water is like $8,000. Mm -hmm. And that 
doesn't get you anything except for the right to hook up. Mm -hmm. Then there's another like $8,000 fee that's assessed against your property. So it totals like $16,000 to hook up the water. And you're saying I can when hook you up build an, When you yeah. build a new property. Or yeah, just when like you pull it up. Like, like last year when my uh, my well went dry and I hooked up the city water. Okay. Mm -hmm. It cost you 16 grand? About fifteen five or something like that. Wow. Well, it still costs that much for IGU. Except right. we, we pick up the you rest of the bill. It. You, we just give you a really... Oh. Sweet deal. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's just a symbolic That's fee. Yeah. 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 So you, you pay the application fee. You've got the line out there. You get on the schedule or mm -hmm. in the queue. Mm -hmm. um, what, what happens from there? So you talk to your contractor. You figure out, are you doing a conversion? Are you swapping out altogether? Are you working with the borough on their conversion or switch out program? Those are opportunities that exist. About 50% of the population loves it, about 50% doesn't, mm -hmm. and that's for their own personal reasons, which are fine with us. We just want you hooked up. Mm -hmm. um, so then you will receive site communication survey. with us. We set up a site survey, yes, mm -hmm. where um, one of our lovely individuals will come out, and they will discuss with you our... Um, Service line, the route, and meter location. Well, and uh, yes, and so you can't just custom place your meter. Um, there are safety standards that we have to maintain, and then also our standards of construction. So that does suck sometimes when you have a beautiful front yard and mm -hmm. then there's a meter right next to the front door. What, <laughs> what are some of the safety? Yeah. What, are, what are some of these safety yeah, considerations? What are, what are you well, at? so you have to be, I think, three feet away from a window or a vent. You have to makes be sense. five feet away from your electrical box. That makes um, sense. So it's it's all the safety, like anything yeah. where it's going to enter in your home or be near other utilities. So and the other, the other thing that also has to happen that um, we get the most questions about is the fact that it has to be on the front third part of your house from our um, from our main line. Also mm. makes sense. Like we have to be able meter, to read it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think in most cases it's not a deal. So I'll give my personal, like what happened with me. So I did site survey, all good, don't worry guys. Um, <laughs> nothing bad happened, but I uh, did the site survey. My house faces the road, so mm -hmm. it was able to be on the side of my house, which is kind of like, that's where my power that's meter was, you know, mm -hmm. but it was more than five feet away. But anyways, it's still like, it's it's like, it's where you obviously thought it would be. I am set back more than a hundred feet. So mm -hmm. at that time they're like, hey, listen, it's gonna cost, and I can't remember now. Excess footage. Excess footage. Um, um, ended up, they had to drill, so it ended up be a little more. I, th I want to say it was like fifteen hundred bucks, which again is pretty nominal for That's coming as far as I had low. to go. Yeah, and um, getting it hooked up, and then another thing that could pop up. This is just me particularly is where they were putting it on the side of my house. I had uh, a paved like I could park there. Mm -hmm. So then you need one uh, of those things because the upright. Thank you, bollards. Um, put up where you don't basically back into your line. So mm -hmm. there's little things like that that come up. But overall, yeah. even that where I would say it was a little bit more complicated than it just being a straight less than 100 feet thing, mm -hmm. it was still probably going to be less than 2,500 bucks to, to get everything hooked up um, to it. So it was less than my annual heating bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, well the there, there's, the, there's the cost that we, we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, first, uh, let's talk about the subsidy. Oh, it does come with a little um, fine print, and that fine print is the fact that you have to turn on and start utilizing natural yes. gas service within six months from the installation. Mm -hmm. We are in the business of selling natural gas, not installing lines that just stay there, yep. and our first commitment has to be to our existing customers, and so we can't just install lines. Wasting your 
clients' monies to hook up other people yeah. that aren't paying into the system. That's Makes right. sense to me. Okay. So not that I'm trying to trick the system, <laughs> but <laughs> let's say you put a line in mm -hmm. and whatever, you didn't swap out your boiler like you were intending to. Mm -hmm. um, you just swapped out like your cook stove, which That's is fine. obviously going to use weight. It's fine. That's fine. Is, is there a minimum something? I'll be use a minimum BT. Yeah. Like there, there is no, there is no minimum usage that you have to do. You will have to pay the service, uh, the service fee at each time. We only have one. It's fifteen dollars a month for a, a residential customer. I should have finished. But you, <laughs> but you are your <laughs> cooking stove is sufficient. Well, what happened? Here's my situation. Just so you guys know, <laughs> so I, you know, I'm not crazy. I just bought the house. I was he like, I crazy. don't even know like what my fuel bill is or anything. I do burn a lot of wood, mm -hmm. so I was like, I kind of want to know what I'm getting into you know, first. Worth sure. Yeah, so I kind of backed off of it. But mm -hmm. really, like, I was. I've got a sauna and a cook stove that would be great. One well, natural gas. I gotta be honest. Yeah. If nothing else, the boiler, of course, would be great. Yeah. yeah. But um, on the boiler talk. So it's boilers, good. real quick for you lower 48ers, are oil-fed devices in the house that then heat up water that pushes hot water throughout the house. Now, you can switch out the nozzles of these, and a lot of them operate off of natural gas, but some of them do not. So That's what right. happens when I have my big oil-fed Bedaris that costs mm -hmm. $20,000, and now I have the opportunity to save money on natural gas, but do I need to buy a new boiler? The, there is... Some people do have to buy depends a new boiler. boiler right? it, depend, it really depends on the boiler. Yeah, and there's several. There's the burning hams that all you got to do is switch out a nozzle, and it mm -hmm. comes with a propane nozzle, an oil nozzle, mm -hmm. and a natural gas nozzle when you buy mm -hmm. these factory new. You probably won't have them at your house. Um, they've been thrown away 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had a really <laughs> other boilers. But, uh, yeah, which one do you have? I have an old, it's called a slant fin. It's basically the mm -hmm. most inefficient um, boiler. Oil boiler. Oil, oil. Yeah, it's very, very inefficient. Um, however... It's been in there for 40 years and runs great. So it's very reliable, but mm -hmm. uh, it uses a lot of fuel. So uh, what's interesting about this, just so you guys may know about your boilers, is how um, efficient it is. A lot of that is shown by how much heat is going up the stack. Mm -hmm. um, so like in mine, it's coming out of the stack like literally 300 degrees or something, where a lot of these triple burn boilers and probably natural gas. My natural gas one, <coughs> my propane one, mm -hmm. comes off at like 88 degrees. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So it's a huge difference. Yeah. It's like I'm losing all that heat up the chimney, obviously, because I can't yeah. uh, not harnessing it. Um, but for me personally, I know this is going to vary for different size houses and different things. I got what uh, I think was a pretty cheap quote of about 20 grand to get a whole new uh, natural gas boiler. So that was a complete swap out. Yeah. Um, and so if you guys make it to my neighborhood. I'm already on propane. Mm -hmm. It's already a gas system. All I have mm -hmm. to do is change a nozzle. That's and right. I did have the option. I, I didn't go through with it, so I don't know if I was completely approved, but there was an option. I think it was $7,500 mm -hmm. um, through the borough for the yes. swap out um, that you can do as well. So. And I'm not going to... I guess I'm I'm going to attack your your wood stove here for a minute, but oh. for for oh, listeners, take me back, Nick. Hold me back. <laughs> you, got, you got pepper spray on your head. This is a sore for, subject. Okay, not not for Blake. For other listeners out there who do not care, for other listeners who do not care as much about their wood stoves, there <laughs> is this even sweeter deal where if you have let let's assume um, the household situation is there's an old oil boiler that cannot be converted to natural gas in there's a pellet stove or a wood stove or a fireplace, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, that person can um, remove both of the devices that are in their home and use a total of $17,500 towards their new oil boiler. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, towards their new natural gas boiler. So this new, uh, the newest targeted airshare grants allows us allows you to combine all of the old ones. You would have had to install a gas uh, fireplace and a gas boiler. 
th this um, new one allows you to just get one device and get all the money, $17,500, towards, towards, larger, towards more a larger, device. more expensive piece of equipment. I like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like double dipping. And I did that for one of my rentals, and it was great. Um, yeah. I had a pellet stove in there. My tenants weren't using it. Uh, I was buying their pellets, but they didn't want to deal with it, I guess. And I just got $17,500, and now they have a highly efficient, 95% efficient um, uh, gas boiler in there. And another consideration with all of this is that most people's boilers are also heating their uh, like hot water for showers mm -hmm. and things, right. not okay. just the baseboard or the right. floor heat. Right. Um, so that is another thing where... Uh, well, it depends on what you have. So I was in a house that had an electric, um, before this one, that had an electric water heater. And I'm now finding my electric bills were like 300 bucks minimum, 320 minimum for a and family of five. Hot water. Yeah. And I was like, this is wild. So we move. I thought, hey, this just must be normal. We move. Now my bills are like 145 in a much, much bigger house. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. So Blake's going <laughs> to go buy a hot tub. His bills are going to be back of a seat. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, I mean, it's still going through the, my fuel is getting used though. So it's just, I guess, different. But mm -hmm. you can have a lot of, depending on what your house situation is there, you can have more savings depending on your usage. Again, cook stoves. If you have a little, um, you want to have a little ambiance fire. Yeah. place yeah. or something yeah. you can do that too but they generate heat too that's true that's <laughs> true yeah i guess so i i guess i'm always thinking propane and i don't want to pay for propane but if it's natural <laughs> gas it, it wouldn't be yeah, yeah. Rub it in, as much as you want rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> i mean yes, in all fairness I, I work for igu and and i'm i'm with like i love i love a good fire yeah that it's a different kind of heat right yeah. like yeah. igu you guys and a, a beautiful wood fire not a gas fireplace i put in looks yeah. great looks all classy and modern push yeah. a button it turns right on that is yeah. easy nice feeling but when you got a roasting mm -hmm. Blaze King at negative 40 outside and the snow's actively falling down, it, it's a totally different vibe. It's, it's a nice. totally different feeling in the house. <laughs> and it has nothing bad to say about natural gas. It just says that yeah. some things are different. No, I, I yeah. think the more I have was like, now I'm around my house, like keeping this in mind as I live here, like the more options for like, oh, I wish I had a natural gas nozzle right there, like on the porch for mm -hmm. like just hooking in mm -hmm. to your, yeah. uh, you know, uh, grill yeah. and all the little things that I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to just kind of have that. So well, next um, summer I want to build an outdoor kitchen. And so it'd be awesome if instead of buying these five gallon mm -hmm. or whatever they are, uh, Prote propane, propane tanks, tanks constantly yeah. and running the Freds and God, if, if you want to talk about supply line crisis, <laughs> trying to buy propane in the spring mm, is impossible yeah. oh, because yeah. the trucks aren't flowing. There, it's all the has to do with the weight restrictions. Same thing we do with septic systems. Oh and stuff. yeah, yeah. So I keep going to the gas station trying to buy propane. And they're like, yeah, not yet, not yet. Like, you ever June. concerned about? I mean, I guess it's warming up, but you ever get into a spot with your house where you can't get the propane you need for your no? Oh, okay, that's fine because that's hauled differently because that's in bulk and they literally pump it from a tank into my tank. Mm. I'm talking about the heavy, because, you know, each one of those five pound, I keep saying pound. I think they are five pounders, but yeah. I don't know what oh, amount I mean, is it's five pounds. It's like 60 like, pounds. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it's more than 25 that. pounders, whatever. Those those normal ones you hook up to a grill, like you got to put a thousand of those on a truck. That weighs a lot more. Right? Mm. And well, so, I remember the first time I even found out that you could hook up a grill mm -hmm. with natural gas. I was like, wait, you can put like a little spigot outside my house. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever, ever, ever have to worry about like half-cooked chicken on the grill again because so it ran out of propane. Exactly. I was like, that's amazing. So another benefit we, we've kind of danced around but not said is the big reason that you can do this with the swap out, why the borough wants you to have natural gas is the exhaust. Air quality. Yeah, air quality. Mm -hmm. um, Let's talk about You want to talk EPA. about the air quality? Let's talk about the <laughs> <laughs> fucking EPA. Let's go. Oh, I he, prom he promised Chris words. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, was. There yeah, was. I had to get one out of there. <laughs> Let's go. EPA talk. So you burn cleaner. Mm -hmm. 
You do need. Well, I had a question. So I had in. Uh, you asked a question before you asked. Sorry, the question. sorry. The, it goes along with it. I live down. What a radio host. Yeah, and I had a natural gas um, fireplace, mm-hmm. and there was no like chimney or anything. Is that like a normal application? Like it was a. There was, was a, a chimney. There's got to be. It was a faux so chimney. I promise you, it was nothing. I was like, Are you sure it wasn't electric? I, well, <laughs> Jesus. I'm I have an avid fire I'm on their side. And she asked me if it's an electric fire. <laughs> tapping me yeah, I'm on your I have a screen there. going. I thought it, I'm just trying to figure out how I don't you know. can do it without Everything chimney. has a chimney. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, it was just like a flat somewhere. smooth. I was like, I don't know where it goes. Oh, probably, probably, probably because you were living in Alabama, Arkansas, wherever you were from. Like, it was probably like <laughs> venting into your attic space or something like that. I mean, it tapped into your sewer vent. Yeah. It probably had a chimney. Taco Bell again, you know. <laughs> All right, but somehow you were going to EPA with Doesn't that. Doesn't matter. Okay. The cleanliness of, um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you need to add to that. It's just, it's a cleaner burning. I still don't even know what the question was. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was wondering about that. She's saying it probably did have a change. So let's talk about the EPA. Burning, so. Yeah. The this EPA. is in my personal opinion right up there with the IRS and ATF as one of the three organizations that should be like beheaded but um, it's not because I don't love the environment I feel like uh, they're just trying to regulate everything and and not always in the best interest so how do you guys interact with the EPA what is the EPA's rule in Alaska what restrictions are you up against because of the EPA what things would be better if it wasn't for the EPA and just your general (laughs) opinion on these Things. Okay, so first of all, let the record show that IGU does not want to behead the EPA. That side of the table. That's just Nick. That is just Nick Williams. Uh, my address is uh, 3401 <laughs> Airport Way. <laughs> Come find us. Come find Bring me natural gas. <laughs> so um, IGU does not interact with the EPA um, for... Nothing that EPA is doing affects us directly. We are here to be the par- part of the solution. The solution is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. There's several things that need to happen in order for us to get into um, attainment. into attainment. But um, IGU is here to provide a solution and not, not anything of the contrary. Um, we uh, do not... Um, like when people talk about should we go to ultra low sulfur diesel or should we ban all wood stoves we never we never get on those bandwagons because it's not it's not the the core of our business Um, business supplying gas that's right now you guys get lumped into that a lot because Mm -hmm. you're part of the exchange program right right. get rid of the wood get gas but it's not the gas company that's saying get rid of the wood right Right. that's the epa Right. Correct. We just want to hook up a gas line. You we don't care what else gas. you have in your home. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and that's so what people need to remember because I one, like my whole role in the EPA is like as me and Blake are hating on the EPA for the lack of common so sense when you burn there. wood in an inversion <laughs> mm-hmm. where nature is our problem, not right. the consumers, right? right? The beef is not with IGA, who's providing the gas services that's replacing the wood. That yeah. is an amazing service that more people need access to. The... The other thing that I wanted to talk about earlier, and I don't know that I'm answering very well your question about about EPA. I do use here to be a part of the solution. Um, in the worst place of the North Pole, where the inversion is the worst, IGU is there at the border, but we are not fully piped into those neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the possible solutions EPA could be looking at is um, giving us some grant money so that those people have an option that is cheaper, that it's not getting... Now, it's not going to be cheaper than wood. 
nothing mm-hmm. is probably is going to be cheaper than wood. But a little bit of a misnomer because if you uh, calculate my time that I spend chopping wood, it is one hundred percent more expensive than any <laughs> other option. I just happen to like it, but yeah. more labor, uh, less cost. But yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Or if you were to buy it. Um, just straight out what's really expensive up here again we're yeah. not talking about wood today so back to <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> can't keep me off it the wood bank wagon but um twitching over there um the, um, the program that the borough has is an air quality program not a conversion to natural gas problem Correct. now i can fully understand how people um lump the two in and um, wood burning wood is part of the culture here, right? It's it's something about being on the last frontier, right. chopping down a tree, throwing a log on the fire. Like right. it's, it's Alaskan. Right. Almost like hauling your own water. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone's fighting for that. That's our next like episode. <laughs> don't train the water. Independence. Wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, our community is going is facing potential significant consequences uh, if we as we don't all come together and figure out a way to reach attainment. And so, and when she means consequences, she's talking about the EPA bending us over their knee and spanking. No, <laughs> there's a lot of funding that comes um, that can be taken away. That's kind of we had when we had Bryce on here. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. It is it's no, and it yeah. is, we we talked about this during the Bryce Ward episode. We're talking about it during the IGU episode. We've also talked about it during your wood burning episode. So we. Yeah. Like three or four episodes where this is a really relevant topic here in Fairbanks. Yeah. And, and I think it's a clash between reality, common sense, nature, Definitely. and 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 culture. Yeah. The culture of Alaska is let me do what I want to do. Leave yes. me alone. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I want gas, be able to provide me with gas. Mm-hmm. If I want wood, let me burn wood. If 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 I want to live in a dry cabin with no plumbing, leave me alone and let me live in a dry cabin with no plumbing. Then common sense comes in. You have to have to be able to heat your house. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to afford to heat your house because otherwise the bank who has a loan against your property, a lien against your property, isn't going to recoup their funds because you froze it up, right? right? Then you got reality of like, you're going to die. <laughs> then you got the government <laughs> saying, hey, it's really not good for the humans living in this area to be inhaling all this crap that's in the air. And I, that's what I love about the exchange program. But then you got nature that's like, hey, we're in a bowl. Mm-hmm. And literally, like, nature is preventing it from escaping into the atmosphere like it does everywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. So, who wins? Well, and that's the tricky part, right? Because I think so... And who ev- everybody looks at Alaska, mm-hmm. for all of our listeners mm-hmm. in the lower 48, you know, Alaska likes to think we're special, but it's because we are. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we are And is the special part of Alaska. Yeah, it's because oh, yeah. it's, it's we're different. And our infrastructure, you know, people talk about our energy costs and all these things. Mm-hmm. Well, we're maintaining grids mm-hmm. and infrastructure in negative 40 below zero. That's, there are humans you know, out there fixing I was problems say, if, at negative if, 40. If, if right? it, Truckers, if, there's yeah. yes. a lot going and, on. And we're surviving and we're thriving in that. If, if you know, if it gets down to zero degrees in other states farther south that like to think zero. they're big, uh, you know, people die. <laughs> 15 above zero in Virginia, people freak out. Yeah. yeah. Negative 40 here and we're like getting in our underwear and taking pictures in front of UAF. That's <laughs> exactly right. So dancing off of that, I did have a question about the being subsidized. So yeah. you, for the hookup, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Is the gas itself being subsidized? No. No. Oh, okay. That's the hookup's being subsidized. Yeah. The grant money because well, the exchange program's being The reason subsidized. for asking that is my concern is if that subsidy, it, like the it's cheap now, subsidy goes away, and then it 
bumps up a ton in price, but yes. that's, that's not really a concern then. That Yes, <coughs> no, the na natural gas itself is, is not subsidized. What we are hoping uh, will be subsidized is if a pipeline ever comes and every time... Uh, stole my question. Every <laughs> time I have a microphone, I say this and now I have a microphone, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. um, so, pipeline, whether it is the Alaska LNG or it is a bullet line that just goes from the North Slope to the uh, to the Anchorage area, either plan has the pipeline going about 30 miles from Fair away from Fairbanks. It is IGU's opinion, and I think we should, as a community, have the same opinion that the, um, the spur that comes to Fairbanks is part of the original project and not an afterthought. Yes. Because as it, is, mm. as it stands right now, um, that 30-mile spur can be significant with significant cost. And Alaska LNG has a plan to where um, that is going to be built by an investor. Now, of course, investor is not going to build it for the, for the, of the goodness of their heart they're right. going to want to recoup on that investment. IGU will have an option to make that investment ourselves, but guess who is going to have to Fund uh, eventually fund it, we're going to have to recoup through rates. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, especially if there is a state subsidy for the construction of this uh, pipeline, Fairbanks as the second biggest populated area cannot be forgotten in this uh, potential major construction um, that historic construction. It's to benefit Who the state. can we lobby to make Fairbanks that hub? Because we're close to North Slope. We could then package it and ship it. We could pipe it down to Valdez and put it on boats. We can do all these other things with it that if it's an anchorage, you know. Aren't we like, yeah. I don't know. What can Bryce Ward do to make <laughs> this our project instead of us always being the redheaded stepchild of Anchorage? You know, At what point can Fairbanks be number one in something? Hmm. When can we matter? <laughs> Fairbanks lives matter, okay? I mean, I mean, we do. Um, I guess I never I never thought about the idea of us becoming the liquefaction point. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, to, to be honest, if I would ever get on that bandwagon. Uh, and that is just because because it will um, us liquefying it here and then transporting it 300 miles south is going to um, to have a significant increase in cost to the potential Asian investors that are going to um, to eventually China's buy collapsing. it. Okay. I mean, oh yeah, but it's Japan. Most likely, it's oh, Japan, like Japan. If it goes, uh, if it goes Governor Dalibi's way, um, and so in order to make this project attractive in the the big pipeline, the Alaska LNG, we have to have it somewhat subsidized by um, by contract from Asian investors and it makes sense in my opinion that it goes next to a port where the, then it gets shipped on so boats and the Fairbanks sorry. doesn't have that right now so I can't respect the I just went on a tangent here though. Day. why don't we just ship it from dead horse from the north slope there's an ocean there we need to develop our oceanic, well, <laughs> we have icebreakers that we need to develop. <laughs> Whole other thing. We're the only country that's not developing our Arctic fleet, mm -hmm. and we're in the Arctic, whereas mm -hmm. Russia and China, China who doesn't even have an Arctic, mm -hmm. is developing their Arctic fleet. So military, we'll save that for our military episode. <laughs> yes, that would be a military um, episode, because that would be expensive. That would be, I mean, I don't know. I just love the state so much, and I see that we're kind of stuck in the Stone Ages. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to keep up with modern-day eras, yeah. but, like, we are, we always joke in real estate, we're six months behind the lower 48, mm -hmm. but in other things, we're years behind. Oh, okay. yeah. And I love the fact that we are not the lower 48. We don't deal with the same problems they deal with and the same issues that they have, but we have our own. 
Thank, thanks and I feel like we are we are very able to be self-sufficient here. We, we can grow food here. Mm -hmm. We can pull all the oil that Alaska will ever need, let alone probably America will ever need if we did hoard it instead of mm -hmm. sharing it. Um, and I'm not rooting for nationalism <laughs> right, there, right now, but like, like, like we have so many cool things that like Alaska being self-sufficient if we wanted to be, which we're not advocating for. <laughs> um, but why, why, why aren't we tapping into these things? Why aren't we keeping the gas here? Why aren't we keeping the oil here? Why aren't we, you know, I, to the can, I, can, I, can I circle? Yeah, jump in. I, I want to circle back on something you Save said because you said when, when, no, well, you said when, when does Fairbanks get to be first? Mm -hmm. Fairbanks is first right now because IGU is the first mm -hmm. is the first utility part of Alaska that is going to be taking natural gas from the North Slope mm -hmm. and taking it off the North Slope. Sure. It is utilized up there now mm -hmm. through their local utility up in Barrow. Yeah. But we are the first to be utilizing really cool. that natural resource for Alaskans. So what's been happening to the, the natural gas at the North Slope? Are we just, are you just pumping it back in it? Re-injected. We're just yeah. recycling it. Yeah. Yes, sir. And so what, so is it staying, uh, this is a science question, is, is it stay as a, <laughs> he's like, as no, a no, don't talk. It's usable, is it still usable <laughs> when you pump it back in? Like, are we, mm -hmm. are we pulling out a billion yeah. and putting, uh, able to recoup a billion later on? Yeah. So we're just like putting in a piggy bank. Yeah. We're not wasting it. We're just we're putting losing. it back at the bottom. Yeah. We take what we need and we're putting it back on the bottom. We're skimming the, the pool. Yeah. Huh. yeah. Pulling the oil, putting in the gas. And yeah, okay. it's absolutely usable. So amazing. The pipeline. Uh-huh. A few questions. First being, what is like the timeline for that? Is that is are we just in the early stages? It's like hey, gathering we're investors. <laughs> yeah. So um, the Biden administration back in April, I believe, of last year has issued a final record of decision to allow the pipeline to be built, which is pretty historic if you think about... Um, the first pro-Biden gas thing I've ever heard right. of. That's right. That is historic. <laughs> mm -hmm. and Always shutting down Anwar. So they're they're allowing that. Uh, they have um, um, right, you t uh, they have rights to use the land for about 92% of the routing. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still working on some. The biggest problem right now is investment. It's going to cost... Forty some billion dollars for yeah, that pipeline to, to be Ukraine built. Last month, right? <laughs> I was going to say, man. Yeah. We didn't know it was a political podcast. <laughs> no, yeah, it's really not. Paulie Simon just don't so. He can't help himself. But uh, so okay, so that's that stage. So if we don't get this spur that you're talking about, so thirty miles, which seems t I understand it's expensive, but seems so inconsequential seems so compared yeah. to the the full length. But for our listeners. Fairbanks is pretty isolated. You got Fairbanks, Fort Wainwright, and the North Pole. Driving from the west side of Fairbanks to the eastern side of North Pole is about 30 miles. Mm -hmm. So we're not even talking about like leaving the highway system, leaving what we call the road system, or even like the urban population we have here. The 30 miles is next to nothing. It's well, what but it feels let me like. put but this in dollars for billions. you. Billions. Right. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Put this in <laughs> dollars That's all that for matters. <laughs> Up in the Anchorage area, if everything goes according to the way um, Alaska LNG is talking about, they're going to have about $5 gas. If we have to pay for this extension ourselves, our gas is going to be about 15 Oh, and so it's it's significant, and That's the reason it, the reason it is so significant too is because we are baby utility. We have been al around for about twenty five years, but economies of scale ma matters here, right? So the so the more uh, customers we can hook up hook on, um, that cost is going to be able to be spread across multiple revenue multiple avenues, like if Fort Wainwright. 
We haven't talked about Fort, Fort Wainwright. Do you want to talk about Fort Wainwright? Well, let me pause All right. right before we get into it. So if we don't get this spur, mm-hmm. does that mean we're going to be, so they're going to pass us by 30 miles uh-huh. and we're going to haul our, it back up to us 300 miles? Is that what would happen? No, a spur will, we, somebody will build a spur. Uh, it's basically just going to be how yeah. much, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. And so if uh, if the state is going to subsidize any portion of the pipeline, they should also subsidize the, uh, the pipeline to Fairbanks. Yeah. Fort Wainwright. In about February of last year, it's been a happening year, or this year, I'm sorry, February of this year, Mm -hmm. uh, Fort Wainwright issued a final record, no, I'm sorry, uh, issued a final EIS, Environmental Impact Statement, uh, where they're looking at their old and dying uh, coal power plant. Mm -hmm. Um, It has been around for about 30 years past its expiration date, Mm -hmm. and the Army is looking at replacing it with something. And so there's different ways that they looked at. They, there's, they started with like 27 different alternatives. Then they got narrowed to three. And then the final EIS said that the distributed natural gas system is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked numbers at the beginning, and I told you that it, we use about 1.3 billion cubic feet a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fort Wainwright would be using 1.5. And so uh, should uh, interior gas utility um, be able to sell uh, natural gas to the Army in that big of a capacity, that will allow us the opportunity to spread those fixed costs that I'm talking about um, to a significantly larger population, allowing us to be very good at our ability to fight inflation and not have to raise rates or even eventually lower them. So are they actively working at moving it or they're just saying like, hey, this is a good idea? They're saying this is a good idea. A final record of decision has not yet been signed. Um, And that's part of why we're going on the, uh, we are talking offline about all of this uh, tours that we're going. We're having a secure supplies campaign because there's this this misconception that Alaska is running out of gas. And so the military has to make sure that they know what they're doing before they they make a monumental decision such as this. That's going Make sure that we many, do many have well, I think yes. it's a legitimate concern just to like back up and I'm glad that you've spoke on it. But when we look back through like the COVID years, mm-hmm. how many supply chains, not just I'm not talking gas in mm-hmm. particular, but how many supply chains just like crumbled yeah. um, because of this thing. So that I think has been a lot of people's concern with anything new, really, yeah. although, the, you know, a similar thing could happen to, to fuel also. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I'm glad you've spoke about that and being able to get it here in Alaska. It's like, I don't know how much better could it be? Yeah. Well, well just for that, sorry, do you want no, to pause? No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, just for that longevity talk, like the contracts that we have on the North Slope, we're talking, we're not just talking secure supply for the next five, 10 years. We're talking secure supply for the next 30 years. That's mm-hmm. what I want to hear. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, hey, for the, the term of my stay in this office, mm-hmm. it's like. We're talking to like when Elena l- retires. Yeah, nice <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> Basis She's there, like, that so. sounds like a next administration. Yeah, I'm about to say, you're retiring in 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping sooner than that. I'm 33. I want to retire early. I don't know. <laughs> we need to sit down and talk about some more investment properties. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's about. do it. No, I'm looking for another one. Actually. Hey, it was really great having you guys in today. Um, so if the listeners want to find out more about the exchange programs, hooking up, 
getting in touch with you guys? Where can they find you? What's your website? Is there any social media presence? Where can people come find you guys at? They can go to www.interiorguest.com. I'm a millennial, so I still say www. Yeah. <laughs> Most people don't even know what that means. <laughs> but do you know? Uh, that would be the World Wide Web. Yes, it would. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's actually faster to say World Wide Web than it is to say www. W- yeah, more <laughs> <still global. laughs> yeah, I just Anyway, interiorguest.com. <laughs> We're talking about economics of speech. Um, <laughs> interiorguest.com is our website. We are we're also on Facebook and very yeah. recently because Katie came on <laughs> and made things better we're also on Instagram Sweet. so get getting more active follow us and then yeah or you can absolutely call our office and speak with those wonderful customer service ladies at the front desk and that's four five two seven one 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 or and you can come in we are at twenty five twenty five Phillips Field Road we love people stopping by and talking to us we right across the street from the holiday right the new holidays yeah yeah so as a side note, you did bring up the exchange program. So you guys I always love this. I'm like, hey, we're wrapping up the episode. No, but it's also we're going to keep talking. Information also found on our website. Okay. But, but you, you guys, can go to the borough. Yeah, exactly. The borough yes. is the one doing that. They're not mm-hmm. the ones directly doing it. But exactly. you guys work in conjunction, obviously. Yes, we can tell you all about it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Use the Googler. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. For Thank that. you. <laughs> uh-huh.